Welcome back, everybody. It's the College Football Betting Pro Show with Scott Bogman and Thor Nystrom. Uh, sorry about last week. There was a miscommunication, but we are back to talk about some college football this week. Hey, would have been a good week for a show, Thor. I was 8-2 and two last week, my best week for my article so far. Uh, it's been pretty strong. Uh, Texas won, so I enjoyed last week. How was week five for you? Oh, it was good. Good, another another Kansas victory. Uh, my Jayhawks are still rolling. undefeated. The ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, and uh, I found that one of the books I was on was was dropping a mistake line, which I hit for like four units, and they Ooh. paid the bet out anyway. Which like that. that's a, you, you get like one or two Christmases per year of like college <laughs> football betting, where the book just gives you a gift. Um, so that was cool as well. Hey, we'll take gifts here. Remember, uh, you can follow us on the Twitter at Bogman Sports for myself at Thor KU on the Twitter. And we're going to talk about some of these week six games. We've got the Friday games. Uh, we've got uh, the top five games and then uh, Thor's picks plus where the cash is, of course. So let's start out with these Friday games, Thor. We've got Nebraska minus three at Rutgers. The over is 48 and a half in that one. We have Houston minus three at Memphis with the total of 57 and a half. Colorado State is at Nevada. Nevada is three and a half point home favorites with 44 as the over there. And UNLV at San Jose State. San Jose State is a seven point favorite with a 52 and a half point over. Uh, what do you think of these games? Do you have a, a, a big lean on any of these ones for Friday, Thor? Yeah, so so I have one uh, bet on on a game on Friday. Um, and then one of these scenes, I'm, I ain't betting the game, but um, it's one of my favorite future bets on the board right now, which I should probably mention. I'm not betting the San Jose State-UNLV game, but I do expect San Jose State to win that game and win. And if they do, they're going to be 2-0 and in their division with the tiebreaker over UNLV, who right now is, is in sole possession of that division. After that point, uh, uh, San Jose State gets Fresno State without Jake Hayner. Uh, Fresno State lost to UConn last week in the first yeah. game that, that Jake Hayner was out. That shout team out to is, John Lobb. Uh, shout out that. to John Lobb. <laughs> the, 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 Fresno State's going to be way, way, is way, way down w- w- without Hayner. Um, and then after that, San Jose State, of their last six games, five of them are against teams that I rank in the bottom 20 of the country. The only team that doesn't is San Diego State. I rank them in the bottom 31 because I rank them a hundredths and San Diego state is way down and they've been yeah. tra- dropping like a rock in my power ratings. So San Jose state has one of the easiest upcoming schedules for any power five team. And yet they are still uh, being listed by sports books at six to one to win the mountain West. That, that was just on my bike. Someone else told me at Caesars that it's six and a half to one. So Ooh. plus six fifty for San Jose state. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see how San Jose state does not at least make the conference title game, which makes the bet worth making one way or the other, because then you can just hedge uh, to guarantee yourself a profit once they play either you would assume Boise state or air force. So I, so I thought I'd mention that one first, not betting the side of that one, just because with the minus seven or minus seven and a half, I, I think the, the margins are, are too close. One sure. bet I do like on that game or on Friday for an individual game. Um, it's a stinky game. You're going to have to hold your nose on this one, but I like Colorado state to win their first game of the year Ooh. by upsetting Nevada. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on in that game. 
no one wants to bet on Colorado State because they're 0 and 4, <laughs> and I don't. They haven't even gotten within 15 yeah. points. At of least Indiana. they've looked really terrible the whole year too. So that's good. yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> even worse, ha- haven't come within 15 points of an opponent, and then last time out they lost to an FCS team 41 to 10. Um, so that's on the Colorado State side, and then on the Nevada side, they've won two games against FBS teams. So I understand why Nevada's favored. But there's a lot of context to bake in here, a, a whole lot. So, so bear with me for a second. Number one, this is a huge game for Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach, who came over from Nevada. This has been the you know sort of the circle game, sort of similar to um, a couple of weeks ago when uh, TCU played SMU, right, with Sonny mm-hmm. Dykes. That was a game sure. that he prioritized. A lot of sharps were on uh, TCU in that game, and TCU ended up, of course, winning by margin in that one. Um, the other thing was – Norvell, it's not just Norvell has a lot of knowledge about the Nevada roster because he recruited most of them. It's also that basically all of his assistants do as well because he basically raided the entire coaching staff, brought brought them all over with him. And then he also brought 11 players from Nevada to uh, Colorado State. And so a lot of the players that are playing in the game as well for Colorado State have intimate knowledge of, of the Nevada personnel as well. Um, the other thing is Colorado State's really bad start. It Most of it came down to how bad their offensive line was. Colorado State right now, as we sit here, they lead the nation in sacks allowed with 26. Where that gets even crazier is they've played one less game than most of the team. They only played four games. So they're allowing more than, than six sacks a game in the first four, four games of the Norvell era. But they had multiple offensive linemen that were out in each of those games. In fact, in the first four games, Colorado State not once has started the same configuration of players in their offensive line. Each time they've had a different one because of all the injuries. Well, they, they had these two tackles that were out last week. They're both coming back in this one. And it's not just that they're getting both their tackles. I'm talking about Colorado State getting both the tackles back. They also think that they're going to get four defensive starters back in this game that missed the last game, the car, the loss to Sacramento State. So you're potentially getting back six or maybe even seven starters for Colorado State. And and again, at problematic areas as well. Three of the guys coming back are in the secondary. Um, so, so that's going to be uh, greatly fortified uh, as well. So they're going to be the Colorado State's going to be the health, healthiest they've been all year. They've the guys coming back have addressed the the biggest problem, which is it's a pass, it's a it's an air raid pass first offense where the quarterback was getting hit right after he got the ball. That should not be the case this week, especially going against Nevada, who has a really bad defensive front. And then while Nevada's getting this credit uh, for having beaten these two FBS teams, those were the very first two games of the season, if you remember. One of them was a week zero against New Mexico State, and then the next week they beat Texas State. Well, since then, Nevada's lost to an FCS team as well. So he can't make fun of Colorado State too much for that because their <laughs> opponent did it too. And then they lost their other two games by margin as well. They lost to Iowa by 27. That would have been worse if that game hadn't been delayed for half a day because right. of a, because of that lightning delay late at night. And when they finally started playing again, like midnight, both teams just wanted to get out of there. And then they lost to Air Force last week by 28. Air Force way down this year. So anyhow, I... I I, I think on the field, Colorado State certainly is is going to be the more talented team with the guys that they have coming back. They know Nevada as well as any any singular college team could know another one in in terms of the the personnel and the coach and everything like that. And I think they match up here as well. I expect Colorado State to get this win. 
I think the most famous example of this ever was when John Gruden left from Oakland and went to Tampa Bay and then ended up playing the Raiders in the Super Bowl. And John Lynch, I remember at halftime uh, saying to one of his teammates, I have never seen uh, a a coach that was more prepared for a game in my life because he, you know, uh, practiced and coached that team for five or six years. And then he goes over to Tampa Bay and they end up playing that team in the Super Bowl. He knew every single weakness that they had in Tampa Bay ends up dominating that game. So if you're just looking for historical examples, there's way more in college football. I'm just talking about the most famous one that I can remember uh, was that one. So uh, an interesting game uh, for sure. And if you want to talk about ugly games, I won money on the FIU New Mexico state under oh, nice. last yeah. week. So, you know, I um, uh, went to go try to watch it on flow sports and I was like, nah, I don't want to pay 150 bucks to watch New Mexico state versus FIU. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, uh, if they want me some more money, maybe I'll be able to afford it. So we well, like now that. we got we got FIU and UConn this week, so we got we got some trash balls. I don't even like know where up. to go in that game, Thor, because that one's like you know F A F I U scored twenty one points, so they started to move the ball a little yeah. bit. I don't like UConn as a favorite though, especially on the road. On the road, so, yeah, I, I would uh, lean no FIU thanks. in that game. It's not one of my my picks this week, but I'd lean. Right. UConn's got a bunch of injuries too. Um, yeah. Like, like if I use prop, it's either them or Hawaii. If you're talking about like objectively, who's the worst team in the FBS, but like you mentioned, FIU won their last sort of UConn, but you know, whatever, but you know, FIU did as well. And again, UConn's roster weighed down. They just caught uh, Fresno state in like an all-time spot. First game without Hainer, the backup's not very good. And then Fresno was going from California all the way out to the, the to East UConn, coast in that yeah. one. And they were able to ambush them. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it, it w- was a good game uh, for those that uh, actually sat through and watched it. Uh, let's talk about the games that have 95% cash on one side, and I'll just give you the spreads. I have, uh, I believe, six spreads in three totals that have uh, 95% better uh, of the public cash on one side. The first one is Buffalo minus two at Bowling Green. Um, Ohio State minus 26 and a half against Michigan State is also on that one at 97%. Georgia State minus two and a half at home against Georgia Southern. Tulsa minus six at Navy. Louisiana Tech minus three versus UTEP and UNC plus three and a half at Miami because Miami has just been disappointing everybody recently. So when you look at these games, Thor, uh, Buffalo, Ohio State, Georgia State, Tulsa, Louisiana Tech, North Carolina. Is there one that stands out here that you like? Is there one that you're saying, what the hell is the public thinking about this? What is it that sticks out to you here? Well, I, I looked into that Bowling Green Buffalo game quite a bit. Um, was thinking about uh, bets both on the side and also on the over. So I handicapped that one kind of hard. But every time I felt like I had a, a beat on it, um, I I would come across a different piece of information that, that had me going the other way. And I, I eventually just, uh, you know, uh, my, my whole thing with that game it. was I bet on Minnesota last year and Bowling Green beat them at home. So <laughs> that kind of, I mean, you know, that that's a, you know what, maybe I'll just leave Bowling Green alone for the rest of my betting history here. I'm not going to mess with them anymore, especially at home. So uh, yeah. that was my thought process. Cause I do like Buffalo in that game. But uh, I've been bit by Bowling Green before, so no. Thanks. Yeah, and, and and that would have been the way that um, that I I think I would have leaned as well. Um, my 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 number certainly do my, my number on that game is actually Buffalo minus five point two. That was a part of the reason why I handicapped it so hard was trying to see 
you know, if, if if I was on the same line with with the Buffalo love. But like I said, there are certain things where it'll it'll point to them. Um, one of them is um, uh, uh, Buffalo is probably going to win that game up front. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that their defensive line is better than Bowling Green's offensive line, um, but they're not going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They, they they don't get out to the quarterback very good. Bowling Green can throw a little bit. Uh, I, I made fun of that Matt McDonald kid in the past, but like their, their offense is, <laughs> their passing offense has gotten more decent and um, uh, Buffalo's, Buffalo's pass defense is really, really bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, my, my numbers would say to bet on Buffalo, but I, I, I couldn't end up getting there because of, of some of these different – mostly because I'm afraid of their secondary against Bowling Green's passing. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to end up staying away from that one. And then as far as the other ones, um, the um, – I'm not touching that Ohio State-Michigan game. The line's <laughs> too big, right? Like, like the, the line on that one is just a little bit – uh, too big, 26 and a half. Although Michigan State looks bad, Ohio State looks good. I understand the reason why the majority of the money is on Ohio State. I get it. I'm with you, though. You know, I there was not a ton that I loved this week. There's a lot that I like. I like Ohio State, but I don't love them. So that's kind of, for me with college, it's just I got to love, love, love uh, to take a game. So, um, yeah, I'm not on that one either. All right, so we're not on Ohio State. Do you like any of these other four games? We've got uh, Georgia State minus two and a half, Tulsa minus six, La Tech minus three, or UNC plus three and a half. Yeah, I, I looked into both Georgia Southern and uh, Louisiana Tech UTEP uh, pretty deeply. Uh, it, you know, I've been thinking that Georgia Southern's punching a little bit above its weight, weight class. You know, when Clay Helton took over that triple option roster, I, I thought they were going to go like two and ten. Clay Helton, the guy that wasn't known for schematics at all, no more for spread offenses. Then he takes over this triple option roster, and they've been playing awesome so far. You wonder when they're going to run out of steam. And then meanwhile, Georgia State is um, probably undervalued at this point because they've been playing uh, – uh, uh, they haven't been playing up to what we expected them to be coming into the season. So, I, you know, I was sort of coming into the week. This was one of the games that I, I looked into as far as like – you know, it might be a, a a sell high against a buy low kind of a thing, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was one where um, the the it, it was another one of those where every time I found a piece of information that would support uh, a play on Georgia State, I found another one that would support a play on Georgia Southern. For me, that I hate those games. That was like yeah. most of the games. It took me forever to get my article done this week because because it. I mean. I'm like, okay, I feel good about this one. And then exactly what you said. Mm, no, thanks. Uh, I feel good about this one. Mm, dig a little deeper. No, thanks. So I I had a couple of those this week as well. I, another one for me, it was Louisiana Tech and UTEP. Um, Louisiana Tech is absolutely going to be able to throw on UTEP. Um, that, that team does not cover receiver very well. But on the other side of the ball, UTEP is going to be able to grind out the four or five yard runs sort of at will because Louisiana Tech's their defensive front is their weakness. So it's, it's, I, I was, I was sort of leaning towards Louisiana Tech heading into that, that handicap, but I, I think both those offenses are going to be able to do what they want. So I couldn't take that one as well. Um, North Carolina, UTEP quarterback leads the country in big time throws too, according to PFF. So, uh, yeah, I think oh, Hardison wow. does. So, uh, which is surprising. I was just looking That'll up like surprising. Emory Jones has like 
three big time throws, but only five turnover worthy plays as well. It's weird. Like ASU is not doing anything. And I just saw Hardison was up at the top while I was looking for that stat earlier. Interesting. Today, so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, with, without Jacob Khan, they got to do something. Their passing attack is way down though. I, I'd be curious yeah. to see what, you know, where, what, what those are getting toggled on, but they, you know, either way, they don't have any playmakers there um, on the outside. The, the other one, uh, the Tulsa Navy game, I, I don't have a good feel on either of those teams, especially because Navy started out the season so poorly uh, coming off the rural changes to all of the cup, cup lock. And we've talked about that in the past, how much that hurt triple option teams. Navy came out and was awful to start the season. They lost to Delaware, amongst others, but they've been playing better in recent weeks. So maybe they've figured it out. Tulsa has been a little bit better than I thought, in part because they got Keelan Stokes back, um, who had missed all of last season. He was playing awesome. And um davis brin last week uh was he i, I didn't know if he was going to play he ended up playing that's again just another team i can't get my finger on i do have a bet on one of those though it's not on the side though um the miami and unc game you were mentioning um 96 of the money's coming in on unc 84 percent of the tickets on uh miami um i'm not going to bet on the side of that game um because i i think Mostly because I think the it's just going to be it's going to be a friggin' shootout if the weather doesn't totally uh, just come in and become the third team on the field that day. Sure. But UNC scores against anyone, and they've scored thirty five points or more in all five of their games so far, and they're not going to have a problem um, against Miami. Both this is because be- Miami lost to Middle Tennessee, isn't it? I mean, you know, not at we all. can. Well, uh, you don't, you don't, I think the public number, I think that's the, the why public, they're for on sure. UNC. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, Absolutely. not anything you like, but yeah, I think the yeah. public number is because Miami looked bad against Texas A&M who has looked bad. Uh, they look bad against Southern Miss. They straight up lost to middle Tennessee. Like they're still gaining a little bit of identity. I feel like in Miami and it makes the public just completely off of them. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And in terms of the total, um, getting back to that, I, I think, you know, maybe the, I mean, you know, you lost MTSU, of course, but also there was the benching of Tyler Van Dyke. There was initially a question whether they were going to return to Tyler Van Dyke. You're going to go with the Garcia kid going for it, stuff like that. They are going to go with Van Dyke, but people people do not believe in the Miami offense right now, and, and perhaps justifiably so. But the one thing that Miami's done well so far, their offensive line is actually good. Uh, it actually is. They're going to be able, they're not going to be, they will blow UNC off the ball. On mm-hmm. dang near every single play. And UNC is not going to be putting any heat in Tyler Van Dyke's face. Uh, Miami's also started to figure out their receiving core a little bit more. Uh, initially in the season, you know, they're sort of trying to work through it. And then Restrepo is a guy that Van Dyke liked. Then Restrepo gets injured. They weren't playing some guys like Lats and some other guys. Lats and now uh, looks like maybe he'll, he'll get established going forward. I know that Miami will be able to grind out the yards on the ground, if nothing else. And I think that that should open up the shots for Tyler Van Dyke who actually has a big time arm, um, you know, so I, I, I think he's going to have success. And then again, um, Miami's pass defense, not very good. Miami gives up a whole bunch of explosive plays, plays right into the hands of the UNC offense. The the one caveat I will give on this is, and maybe this is a reason why um, there hasn't been more money on the over is um, right now, the forecast for this game are calling for 16 mile per hour wins. Almost always I stay away from, uh, games with wins that high uh, in terms yeah. of the, of going over, but my system in this game gave me an over under of eighty four and a half points, which is wow. dang, dang near twenty points above what the the Vegas total is. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's the, that's the biggest number I got this week. 
Um, and it makes a whole lot of sense when you start digging into the matchups on either side. Again, if, if the weather doesn't get worse at 16, it's going to affect it a little bit. Um, but I, not to that degree where, where you can sort of justify a 19 point uh, discrepancy. I, I, I like the matchup for both offenses and expect it to go over. Look, let, let me ask just because, and we'll get to the totals with all the cash uh, right after this. I just want to know what your number is on UTSA WKU, because if that's not the highest, I would be a little surprised because the over in that game, I believe is 70 and a half or 70. It's been kind of fluttering. It's been flirting with that uh, 70 line the whole week. So um, uh, I would be surprised. That's not higher than Miami UNC. I mean, both those games are very high, of course. It's, so. it, it's not, but Bogman, that's, that is the other total that I'm holding a ticket for right now. Is the oh, over really? Up. So good call by you. Uh, Western Kentucky UTSA. I I think it was 71 that I got. 71. Okay. Um, the my system's total on it dang close to 80. Not didn't quite get there, but 78 and a half. Um, and, and that game is it's gonna be an offensive bonanza. I mean I hope it goes into overtime and we get 150. Like that it, would be amazing. It it, it actually <laughs> could. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two really, really bad pass defenses. Um, UTSA's defense has gotten objectionably awful over the off season. They were decent last year, but they're crazy down on defense. Their pass defense is horrific. Western Kentucky is going to be able to do whatever they want passing the ball. UTSA is going to be able to as well. UTSA's running game is down because they lost sincere McCormick and there hasn't been one dude who like steps up yeah. unless you want to count Frank Harris and the three receivers who have been absolutely awesome so far. Their Frank average, Harris leads the country in first downs. I mean, he does it passing and with his legs. He's incredible. And, and just as a passer, I think he's averaging 335 passing yards a game. And Ooh. all three of those starting receivers, I'll tell you this, they're all going to get a long look by the NFL. They all three yeah. might hang around in the NFL. And all of them are averaging either over 100 yards a game receiving or just under it. So, like, the, those three kids are stuck. Western Kentucky ain't going to be able to cover those guys across the formation. So, th- this one, it's going to be pass, 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 pass. Um, and I, I do expect it to go over for sure. Uh, the totals that we have with over 95% of the cash is only three this week. Uh, Kentucky versus South Carolina over 49 Northern Illinois versus Toledo under 59 and a half and Vandy versus Ole Miss under 61 and a half. Uh, I like that last one a lot so much that I wrote it up, uh, in my article this week. The other two, I don't really have a good feel for. Is there anything you like here out of these three totals Thor? Um, yeah, the, 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 so the the one that you're on Bart, that you like is is Vandy and the Ole Miss the under. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my Both my run first teams. Uh, Vandy had an extra week to prep for this game. Maybe that makes them a little tougher in the first half. That's kind of uh, how I feel about this game because just Jackson Dart has not got. Uh, he has not got under control yet. He is still off i would say so um you know even though vandy puts no pressure my my one fear is that like you know this is the old western kentucky game from a couple weeks ago where it's 66 zip something like that oh, you know fiu um, our favorite FIU against team. fiu right yeah, yeah. so that, that's my one fear in this game is that it's completely lopsided mandy looks like crap again and Ole Miss just rolls them, but being a run first team, both these teams being run first, Vandy getting the extra week makes me think there's going to be a lot of bleeding the clock and running in this game. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it'll end as like a, you know, uh, 49, 14, you know, something like that. Or I mean, uh, 42, 10 or something like that, you know, uh, just a lower scoring game. So. Yeah, and and my 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 system's total on that game is fifty six uh, to your okay. point. So so uh, system would definitely be leaning that away. Um, the other two, 
the um I, I'm not I'm not betting those games. The Kentucky South Carolina one is is the most interesting to me because the market seems to be getting behind South Carolina for the first time all season. That line has I think it you know it's like 11 12 for Kentucky to open and now it's either at 10 or even toggling down into the single digits. So I mean people have gotten behind South Carolina a little bit. Uh, we'll have to see about Will Levis, how he plays in this game. Um, South Carolina does not have a very good defensive front. So I, I do expect Chris Rodriguez, who returned last week and looked really good after he'd been suspended the first four games. You never know a kick coming off of that. Like, how, how is he going to look in his first game? But he was doing the same old thing of breaking tackles. In the first half, he looked like vintage Chris Rodriguez. In the second half, you know, whether it's because, you know, Ole Miss hits hard. Or, Ole Miss is better on defense now. But, like, um, whether it was that or whether it was the, not the rust, but the – um, not being in the the game condition, you know, that, that you know, coming off of that that absence, whatever, didn't play as well in the second half. But th- that's going to be something to watch for there. Um, I, I have not been impressed at all with Spencer Rattler this year. Every time he plays a competent defense, um, he plays like crap. Um, when yeah. he's played the bad defenses, he can do stuff. But um, Kentucky's going to give him a, a bigger challenge in that regard. So it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, that one is going to be a fun one for sure. Let's go over to the top five games, the games that everyone is going to be watching this week. We have uh, a couple good ones. First off is number one, Alabama. They're 24-point home favorites against Texas A&M. 51.5 is the over. Um, A lot of back and forth between Jimbo and Nick Saban. Of course, A&M was the first team in 100 tries that was unranked to beat Alabama last season. So I don't know, Thor. I feel like Saban's going to be out for blood I'm just going to take Bama in this game, but I'm not actually putting anything on this one because I don't know what we're getting from A&M on a week-to-week basis. They've looked great. They've looked terrible. You know, they lost to App State. They beat Miami. I just don't know what to expect from these guys. Uh, Bama, we know, is going to be great on defense. Um, We're not sure about what's going on with Bryce Young quite yet. Uh, So, I don't know. This is a stay away from me. How How do you see it? Probably staying away. If My my leans on both the bets, it would be... I, I would lean AM plus the points and lean the under. But like I said, I, I don't think I'm going to bet them that this line is this is what you would expect a line to be if Bryce Young was healthy. So it's it's weird that like Milrow is going to start like Bryce Young is not going to start with the sprain uh, right. AC joint in his shoulder from last week because uh, same injury, for instance, that Quinn Ewers had. Um, uh, there are uh, other guys th- th- this year as well. Uh, I couldn't speak to one of them because I'm not supposed to say, but anyway, that th- that's an injury that always keeps the quarterback out the next week. It just does. I, I don't care what Drew Brees said. He was telling Quinn Ewers to go and get a shot in his shoulder or whatever, but yeah, and, what is he talking yeah, about? Come back up. But especially in college, one week after an AC joint sprain, you're, you're not going to play. So we're going to see uh, Milrose. Uh, that kid is raw as a passer. Uh, I, I think is putting it kindly but what he the, the advantage he has over young is he's crazy athletic um he that one run was absolutely insane yeah last week and uh, he makes people miss he has athleticism he has bursts I, I think you're going to see a lot more running by alabama in this game if you're nick saban why why would you have milrose putting the ball up in the air against uh you know and you can say what you want about AM, but AM's defense is really 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 good you do not want Milrow throwing into that defense when Alabama has we, we talked about this in recent episodes but Alabama's offensive line is weighed down in comparison to the last few years their receiving core is weighed down as well 
you don't want a quarterback who right now you can't trust in the pocket doing that. They're going to go to the running game a, a whole lot more. So, so expect that you got the two backs, you got Milrow who, who is going to give you more of the, uh, the mobile element that then Bryce Young did. Um, and, and then on the, the A&M side, they want to do what they do. It, it's just, you know, they're going to run the ball and then they're going to meander back up to the line. They're going to snap the ball with three seconds left. They're going to do it again. It's good. Every game they, they want to have the lesser possessions. And whereas I, I think Saban would have fought Jimbo on the game script and game flow with a healthy Bryce Young, Alabama would have been running more. Uh, running more up to the line, I, I, I should say, you know, tempo. Yeah, sure. um, in, in with with Milro, I, I don't think that's going to be his prerogative. You, you don't want to put that kid in, into a situation where he's rushing back to the line, and in order to get the snap off first, he, he's not completely set with. Oh, I, I haven't completely read the defense. I don't completely know what everyone, is, you know, is whatever uh, who's even on the field because they love to this year, especially rotate in the receiver, stuff like that. So I, I think you're going to see them play slower as well. Definitely go more run. That's why I, I would lean the under. And again, for me, this line is what you said. If Bryce Young is healthy, you, you need to deduct points from Alabama with Milrow starting. So that's the reason I take AM. But uh, you know, also the caveat of AM hasn't looked that great in Alabama. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. Uh, the other four games I, I feel like are the biggest ones of this week are number eight, Tennessee, at three-point road favorites at LSU, who's ranked number 25, 64.5 is the total on that one. Uh, Utah, number 11, at number 18, UCLA. Utah is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. 64.5 is the total in that one. UCLA coming off that big win against Washington. Number 16, BYU at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is unranked and three-and-a-half-point home favorites against BYU. 51-and-a-half is the number there. And then number 17, TCU, seven-point road favorites at your number 19, Kansas Jayhawks, with a total of 68-and-a-half. I didn't even put my Red River rivalry in there because neither one of those teams are ranked, Thor. So um, do you have a good lean on any of these other games? The um, Yeah, th probably the strongest one would be to Notre Dame. Uh, my line on that game is like Notre Dame, like minus like 8.5, something like that. I, I you know, I, I think Notre Dame is, is clearly the better team in that. Um, you know, of course, the offense have played down. Uh, you know, you've had concerns about the offense, Buckner being out, and then and then Pine starting, whatever. But we, you know, they were playing UNC's defense. You got to give that caveat because UNC's defense is is a sieve. But um, we we see Notre Dame at least start to figure things out, and really all they have to do is keep heat off of Pine's face and get the friggin' ball to Mayer, and then hopefully the the running game is doing something. But like, it's not. We're not talking rocket scientists as far as the personnel that's <laughs> on the, the the Notre Dame side, whatever. And then BYU, I I, I got questions about BYU. They, they've had they've had you know key guys that have been in and out of the lineup. The receiving core is, is specifically um, you know been been badly compromised. We've already seen them sort of whether you want to say no show a, a marquee game or just get their butts kicked even when they with full effort you know against Oregon stuff like that. I, I think Notre Dame could do things that that give them a lot of problems. I, I don't know who on the BYU roster is going to be covering Mayer, for instance, j just being one of them. So I, I I think that line is probably artificially suppressed just because people have in their mind the Marshall loss or you know different stuff on the Notre Dame side. Yeah. Um, Tennessee LSU. I, I I looked into it. I, I would, me personally, I would lean Tennessee. My numbers yeah. lean LSU, and I couldn't find enough supporting evidence on either side of it to break the Not tie. Enough of a yeah of a strong lean. So we're I yeah we're you. we're staying away from that. Tennessee's run defense can be had. 
But is 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 Daniels on the other side? Is he 100? percent Is he going to be frolicking around in the open field with the injury? As if he even plays, you know, obviously right. uh, Nussmeyer had had to finish that that last one out. Tennessee should be able to move the ball, okay. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. That Hooker against that that LSU secondary is uh, the matchup to watch. You know, Tennessee's receiving core is obviously very good. Um, UT, uh, UT, Utah and UCLA. Um, probably another stay away for me, although I'm going to keep handicapping that one because it's a, it's a really fascinating matchup. Um, but UCLA, obviously, um, they got no respect from the market last week against Washington, ended up upsetting a team that had become everyone's dark. Like everybody was holding the yeah. Washington ticket last Made week. Made Michael every- Penix look like, uh, the same guy that we saw at Indiana, not this new guy exactly. that we've exactly. been, been seeing. So yeah, they were yeah. great. So uh, yeah, but on the other side of it, like I, I really like Utah. I, I didn't jump out on Utah cause they lost to Florida. And ever since then, they've been who I expected them to be. And, right. and Bogman, like we talked about after that very first one, had it not been for Anthony Richardson making an impossible play and then, you know, and down the stretch and then the, that, the, the pass the interference of what, yeah, that, that, that yeah. whole thing um, could have gone the other way, but you know, again, Utah's bounce back probably an informational game for me. And then to touch on the, the Kansas TCU one quick, I, I can't touch the side of this one or, or uh, 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 give a recommendation. When, when Thomas and I did our, our Sunday show, this line had opened at, it's like TCU minus four or four and a half, like something like that. And on that show, I said, at that price, you can bet on TCU. Cause my line mm-hmm. was like TCU minus seven. Well, the market quickly batted it up to seven. Yeah. So like, I, I don't think there's any value to be had on the side. I do. I, I am considering one bet on it though. Um, which is, um, although I, I, I'd be going against my system if I do this. Okay. So, so, I, so I have to, I have to think <laughs> hey, about you that. You know, sometimes you have a gut feeling that you have to roll with. I understand for, that for, for sure. My, my system. So it's the, the total bog. What is it live right now? It's in the mid 60s somewhere. I know. Uh, yeah, it well, is now in the high 60s. 68 and a half. 68 and it and has half. moved up. Yeah. So, so my, 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 uh, system total on that is 74 and a half. But when I was handicapping that game, um, I, I was sort of liking the the under, to be honest. Um, these teams play – there's a couple of different reasons why. First of all, both these teams play slow. I, I don't think yeah. maybe people realize that, but they're both beneath 100 in adjusted tempo. So they let clock tick off every single time. You know, they, they run an offensive play, whatever. Um, and then Kansas – like, Kansas' defense has got – or I'm sorry, Kansas' offense has gotten a lot of the – the ink because of Jalen Daniels and it's a great story and everything like that. The reason that they're and and justifiably so, but th- they've done some things on on defense I think that are at least worth talking about. Um, number one is and the biggest thing is tackling efficiency. They don't miss tackles and they're <coughs> excuse me. They don't miss tackles and they're never out of position. Um, so it, it's hard to break the explosive plays off against them. Both Kansas and TCU are in the top 10 of the nation in tackling efficiency. So you have two teams that run, you know, that, that play slow on offense, both the defenses tackle. Well, um, we'll have to see if Kansas is secondary, which to this point has been opportunistic, but maybe they're not the most talented unit in, in, in the nation. If they're able to stay with TCU's receivers in space, that that's the big question there. Um, the Kansas defensive backs have shown uh, a knack for ball skills, making plays on the ball. But if and, and Max Dugan, as you know, Bogman, uh, accuracy and decision making has, yeah. has been a bugaboo of his. 
But not it, against go, Texas, going but back against everybody career. else. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> this year, Max Dugan, they, they they gave the job to somebody else. But then that dude, Chandler Morris, got injured, uh, you know, around halfway through that that Colorado game. Ever since then, Dugan's come back in and been a different quarterback. Depending on how he throws the ball is is, is going to go a lot long way towards this, whatever. But th- there there is that. Um, I, I, I just the way that I see it, I, I think it's going to go under. There's a lot of nerves on both sides, too. Yeah, that, that's why I would lean. Rank. Yeah, I, I understand that. All right, so let's wrap it up with a couple of games that you like, Thor. Is there anything that you have, you know, whether it's a total or a spread, that you have a massive lean on that you are telling everybody that you like this week and you are super into? Uh, is there anything there? Yeah. Um, one of the favorites I like is UAB against Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State still getting – some shine from upset in Miami. We talked a little bit about that before. Whereas UAB is, is definitely being downgraded by the market um, for having gotten upset by, by rice. But that was a fluky game. Uh, UAB finished that game with like a win expectancy of 92%. UAB's it's, it's offense, right? Thor it's, it's, that has been, cause they're great on defense. Isn't it the offense that's kind of been wishy-washy uh, to, to say the least for them? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Up and down because the, the passing game, you wonder if you can rely on it, et cetera. But one thing they can, they can still grind out the yardage yeah. on the ground. McBride's I think that's awesome. where they match up really well against this middle tennis, middle Tennessee state. They're more, they, they, they can't get the size. So they, they defer to trying to get athleticism or shiftiness. It's the same thing on their defense as it is on, on their offense. You can push that team around up front. <laughs> so that's how I like UAB is not going to score a gazillion points, but I expect their offense to be on schedule the entire game because I expect UAB's offensive line to dominate the defensive line of, of, of Middle Tennessee. And then on the other side, and, and this is probably the key of, of, of this handicap, is Middle Tennessee, Bogman, as you know, they can't run the ball at all. That When they're moving, when they're clicking on offense, it's they have an air raid offense now. They, they've steered even further into that. Yeah. Uh, air raid pass first up pass pass first pass second That's how they beat miami was all those huge passing plays those exa- big ones they had like a 98 yard touchdown it was ridiculous exactly it's the passing offense and it's hitting on explosive plays yeah those are two things that the uab defense happens to be elite at stopping that uab's yeah. defense is in the top 10 sp plus in pass defense and i believe they are also top 10 in preventing explosive uh plays for the opposition i think uab matches up really well I think that the reason that the only reason that this line is in the single my, my line on this game is, is UAB minus 13. I think the only reason that in the marketplace, it's still in the single digits is again, circumstantial UAB's loss, which on the field, they, they actually suddenly outplayed rice and, and fluky circumstances happened to cause them to lose. And then MTSU still getting the shine from the Miami game. But we, we saw more what MTSU was, for instance, last week when they lost to a, a one dimensional UTSA team in the opener, they got blown up by, um, uh, James Madison. So like, I mean, it's, you, you know, you, you can't just only think about the Miami game and, and forget about the other ones. Middle Tennessee is a very matchup specific team. They happen to match up well against Miami. And that was the day where, where the, the dog had its day for them. This game, they do not match up well whatsoever against UAB. So I, I expect UAB to run away with it. All right. Anything else? Or is that, uh, it was that your favorite one by kind of a wide margin there? That, that might be, that that might be my favorite bet of of the week. Yeah, that's. I mean, th- th- there's certainly other games that I'm on, but I, I feel like that's a, a pretty good match. I also like those two totals that we had talked about before. Um, 
both those going up Miami UNC and and Western Kentucky uh, UTSA. I expect both those to be uh, offensive explosion games. But yeah, I I, I think UAB is going to control this one against Middle Tennessee. Going to be a lot of fun. Another fun uh, week of betting. Uh, so please uh, check out all of our friends over here on Betting Pros. And you can find myself at Bogman Sports on the Twitter. I have this show. Of course, I have CFB Winning Edge with my buddies Nick and Xavier as well. So check those out if you would. And Thor at Thor KU on the Twitter. Please tell everyone the, uh, you know, uh, the pod schedule and the article schedule. What have you got coming out here at Betting Pros for us? Uh, tomorrow you can check out my uh, best bets of the week on on betting pros on Saturday I do my hour and a half show with uh, Mike Farrell uh, starting at uh, 10 a.m eastern time and we go all the way up until 11:30 eastern half an hour before the kickoffs 90 minutes of just running through every game um, or as many games as we can get to sides totals props we also take audience questions so please tune in live on that it's, it's even better to watch live because we will literally answer every question that we get in the room i promise you're out here listening you put a question in that's that's relevant to college football gambling on saturday we will answer it so check that out um and yeah that, that's the rest of the week all right gonna be a fun one hey uh i'm looking forward to it texas and oklahoma again texas finally favored in that game for the first time in a little bit, so uh, I'm excited for it. We're if all Dylan Gabriel a... don't play in that game, we could have a bloodbath. Oh, let's hope. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. I want. I don't a blood, know after watching either way. You watching know, Gabriel but... get hit last week. I don't know how he could play this week, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you never know. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But it's going to be a fun one, regardless. But uh, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all next week. Take it easy, everybody.